Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. How many have been with us through this series? This is our uh, part three of Naturally Supernatural. Everybody say that with me. Naturally Supernatural. Did you know that your life as a believer should naturally be supernatural? That you should see God at work in your life on a daily basis. It shouldn't have to be a struggle to see things happening around you and through you. And uh, that's what the purpose of this series is all about. Today I've titled this one, A Great Hunger. Mm. Say that with me, A Great Hunger. Great and let me tell you, when you're going through a fast, a 21-day fast, there can be a great hunger. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes? Now, how many will admit that that if you're fasting, you've gotten extremely hungry. You, you know, and even if you haven't been fasting with us these past 21 days, there are days where maybe you're at work all day, maybe you had to stay extra long, work another shift, and you're starting to get really, 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 really hungry. Anybody been there? I have. I'm not the only one, right? And you're just thinking about food. Your mind can, can start to trick you, and all you're thinking about is food, about what your next meal is, when we're going to have that nice chicken Caesar salad or whatever it is that you crave. I don't think you're craving for chicken Caesar salad though if, uh, if you're really hungry. You're craving for something more of substance. And, and so this week, it was, well but actually the last two weeks because we're on day 14, it's been really tough for me because I work for a food company. Yeah. I work for a food company and even though it's an administrative office where I work at, and, but we have pastry chefs that are part of my, my employees or um, co-workers. I have pastry chefs, so constantly they're either bringing something in or worse, they're making it there in our commercial kitchen. We've got a commercial kitchen and we have chefs come all the time and they make things and that smell and aroma just fills the whole office where 21 people are at and where we work and it's terrible. And if you're fasting, it makes it really, really tough. Let me tell you this. Um, whatever they're baking just permeates the office. Can you imagine that? And then to top it off, every Friday, I'm talking about every Friday, we have the custom of, we have either pastries come brought in every Friday for sure, or it's breakfast burritos. Oh, my God. And sometimes it's both pastries, and breakfast burritos, okay? Every Friday, every Friday. That doesn't include what goes on Monday through Thursday because I work with chefs and, and I work in an office where all sorts of foods are being brought in. So it's very, very tempting, very tempting. And uh, let me just put it to you this way. It was, it was very tough this past week when that breakfast burrito showed up and then the box of donuts showed up and the box of pastries showed up. And they're just delicious. That's my, that's my kryptonite, is sugar. Sugar is my kryptonite. You can get me with sugar. That's how you can get me. And, and then to top it off, yesterday uh, I had uh, taken my daughters, we went to go visit my family, my mom and dad, up at their home in Rutherford. And we stopped by right at about 5.30, I think we got there. And they were just sitting down to eat dinner. And my mom asked me, well, do you want something to eat? And I told her right away before I said anything foolish, I said, oh no, we're fasting. And I'm inside I'm thinking, oh man, those 
Those flower homemade tortillas look so good. And I'm kicking myself while my dad's eating there going, oh man, I could be having some of that right there. Fresh homemade tortillas. And then, um, you know, just, there's nothing like mama's home cooking, right? Yeah. You're, when your mom cooks something, it's, it's just delicious. And, but we all said no. I, I couldn't believe my girls were, were, were strong and said no. And, and we all maintained and we, we hung in there. But it was tough. It was really tough. Anybody else? It was tough this week or maybe last week. Uh, and maybe this week it'll be tough for you. But the point of it is I want to encourage you to fast with us. Amen? Fast with us that we will continue to reach those in our community, those in your circle of influence, your co-workers, your family members that don't know the Lord. Amen? Amen. Spiritually, though, I want to talk to you this morning about, or this afternoon, about hungering for the Lord. Everybody say, hungering for the Lord. Hungering for the Lord. You know, as a young believer, when I first got saved, I thought this was normal. And I later came to find out that, no, this wasn't everybody. That I hungered for so much of God's Word, I couldn't get enough. I was in church on Sunday morning, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, family nights on Friday nights. And listening to the Word of God on the radio, Bible answer man, Walter Martin, every single day, and Pastor Raul Reese, who I listened to from West Covina on the radio every day. Every single day, I, I listened to that. I couldn't get enough. I, I thought, well, all new believers are like that. Little did I come to realize, not all new believers are like that. And the reason I had that spiritual hunger is, God knew the plan He had for me. Yeah. How many know that God knows the plan He has for your future? Yeah. And He puts something in you, that, an innate desire to pursue, to hunger for more of Him. So I, I just, I couldn't get enough. I always say that I was a sponge. You ever get a brand new sponge and you put it in water and it just soaks all that up? It's like those paper, what are they, bounty paper towels? They're better than any paper towel, right? They absorb more. Or the newest diaper, pampers, I don't know what it is, love nowadays, I don't know what the new diapers are. But they absorb more. And that's how I was spiritually. I was just absorbing and absorbing. And I thought everybody was like that. But, but that wasn't the case. I could never get enough. In fact, I still, I still hunger for more of the Word of God. Amen. And, and I believe many of us want to be filled with the Spirit of God. Yeah. Want to be filled with an extra measure of His supernatural Spirit. We long to be close to God, to see His work in our life, to see His work in our loved ones. Some of us, uh, we've been praying for John Tay, and it's wonderful to hear that he's doing better. Yeah. He's in a better place now, physically. And thank goodness that God's hand was upon him. Gave, him. gave him another day to maybe reevaluate some things in his life, to take care of himself better, and so forth. That could be you and I. We need to sometimes look back and, well, what are we doing? How are we taking care of our bodies? How are we taking care of ourselves? Uh, am I going to be there for my family in the future? And we need to think about those things. Amen? But God wants to remind you today that we should naturally live and be in the supernatural. We should see these things occurring all the time. All the time. Now, I, would, I, I would invite you this afternoon to turn to Luke chapter 7 as we begin to read our sermon text. Luke chapter 7. This is going to be a very familiar text for you where Jesus was anointed with oil. Um, why don't you stand with me real quick? 
for the reading of God's Word, verse, starting in chapter 7, verses 36 through 39, and it's on your outline. If you didn't bring your Bible or your electronic device, amen. And it says the following, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman, everybody say a woman, a woman. in that town who lived a sinful life, everybody say sinful life, sinful life, learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, Hmm, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Now we pray that you would anoint the word that is about to be spoken, declare it so that we would hear it, understand it, process it, receive it in our hearts and in our spirit. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. How many are familiar with that text that we just read? Amen. And I've often, when I first read that years and years ago, I thought, well, Jesus is sitting down. How could she anoint his feet from behind? Because that's what the text is. That she anointed his feet from behind. Well, you got to remember the custom back then was they would sit at a table. They didn't have chairs back then like you and I do in the Western culture. They would actually sit at the table like this. And they would recline like this. And see how my feet are behind me? He, he'd be reclining like this. And basically his feet were like this, in this position. This is how that woman was able to come from behind him and pour out her tears and anoint his feet with oil. Because I never understood that at first until I explored, well, how is that possible? Who was the contortionist here trying to process that in my, in my mind? And I finally realized through studying it that, well, they sat at the table like this. And their, his feet would have been back here. Because they ate from the table just like this. The tables were down really low. They weren't up high like our tables where we sit nowadays. Amen? So, so, first of all, you see her coming into this room. She wasn't invited. Nobody invited her. She had heard that Jesus is a great prophet who would take away your sins. And First of all, let me, let me back up. Can you imagine the desire, the hunger she had for him? She must have been at a place where she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. She was in a state, in a spiritual condition that she couldn't go on anymore. And, and let me tell you, when you get to that place in your life, when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, you will break through barriers and do things that you never thought you would do. Amen. If you know what I'm talking about this afternoon. She came to him because she hungered for more of him. You know, when Anna and I first got married, and uh, we weren't pastors, we were just attending church, but we both began to pray when we first got married, Lord, give us direction for our lives. 
And first thing we started to do was just pray for our future daughters, for our future children. We didn't know we were going to have two daughters, but we prayed for our future children. Give us direction. May they always serve you. May they be a part of the church. That was our prayer, that they would be connected in church. And what you see up here, we prayed that years ago. It's not by accident that it happens, church. We prayed for that. And so it took place. But not only that, we began to pray, Lord, what do you want for us? And what he always told us was, we want you to love on people. Just love on people. Amen. And I'm going to take care of the rest. Amen. So if you've known me or Anna for the last 25 years, we've just loved on people. That's, if you truly have known us, we've done that. And God has instructed us, called us to do that, yeah. to love on others. And I believe that's one of the things that many shepherds fail to do to the point of where God is calling them to do it. Yeah. You know, it's easy to say, I love you, but it's much harder to, to follow through on that. How many know what I'm talking about? And so by obedience, by following him in obedience and just loving on people, then God began to speak to us and say, uh, he began to speak to me first, say, I want to call you out to begin ministry in terms of becoming a pastor. So in 2008, that's when I began that. I began a hunger to, to become, um, become a, a pastor of a church at some point. But I didn't know where. I didn't know when. I just knew I had to get my biblical education first. So I had that hunger, that desire, and I pursued that. And Anna, alongside... She had always told me, even before she got married, God had told her that eventually she'd get married to a, a pastor. And she didn't tell me that at first. She told me that years later. She goes, God had told me that a long time ago. I just didn't know what took you so long. That's what she would tell me. It's because I'm a little stubborn. I get that from my dad, huh? And my brother said, amen. Yes. <laughs> but the point of this is that we both felt the leading of the Holy Spirit and a hunger and a desire to come to, to pastor this church. And in 2013, we came to American Canyon and we began to pastor this church where we got to meet so many lovely people and wonderful people. Amen? Amen. 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 Now, we didn't know how we were going to do this. My, I think my daughter Bianca at that time was, was uh, 16 years old. Raquel was about... 12 or 13, they didn't really play instruments. Bianca played a little bit, a keyboard. Anna didn't play an instrument. I didn't play an instrument. And we're just looking at each other going, okay, Lord, you know what you're doing. This is your church. And here we are today. Yeah. God knows what he's doing. Amen. Yeah. God knows what he's doing. Amen. Give him a hand clap. Give him glory. Amen. God is good. Don't ever, don't ever think to yourself, well, I can't do that. I don't. I, the, the details haven't been arranged. I, I, I don't know how that's all going to work out. Don't worry about that. Just step out in obedience. This is for free. This isn't even part of the sermon. Step out in obedience and God will reward you. He'll encourage you and he'll bring the pieces together to fit, to make it work. All he wants you to do is take that first step of obedience. That's all he's asking you. He's not asking you to make it all work. In our minds, we try to Think of, well, how's this going to work? How's that going to work? And how, I, don't know how, I don't know how this is all going to work. He doesn't want you to worry about that. Just step out in obedience to what he's called you to do. And all the other pieces he'll put together. Besides, it's his church, not your church. That was the number one thing I had to be reminded of early on. It's his church, not your church, not my church. Amen? Amen. 
Amen. So let me ask you a question this morning, getting back to spiritual hunger. What is it like when you're really, really, really hungry? What is it like? Come on. Get weak. You get cranky. Hangry. Hangry. Hungry, angry. Yeah, there's all sorts of things that happen, right? And we just want to get fed right now. We can't wait. And, uh, you know, when you, when you get to that point, you'll do almost anything. That's my point right here. You'll do almost anything to quench that thirst, to quench that desire. God wants us to come to that place spiritually. He wants you to get so spiritual hungry that you'll break past barriers. You'll break past anything that has kept you back behind. Let's, let's look at our outline here and let's go to our first point in the outline. Our first point is hunger comes from an encounter with Jesus. Yes. How many believe that? Amen? How many believe that? That you will have a hunger when you have an encounter with Jesus. Many of you may say, well, Pastor Rick, I, I've never hungered for God like what you're describing. And I would fire back at you and say, well, have you truly had an encounter with Jesus? That's what I would say. Have you truly had an encounter with Jesus? And by an encounter, I mean you and God. Maybe it's just streaming tears. Maybe it's just confessing that you're unworthy. Because we all are. All of us are imperfect beings and we need Him. But we all need an encounter with Jesus. Because when you have an encounter... Your life will be changed forever. When I met Anna, my life was changed forever. When you met your spouse, your life was changed forever. When you met your first child, your life was changed forever. I mean, think about it. Your life was transformed. And when we meet our Lord and Savior Jesus, your life is transformed in the best way possible. Amen? Psalm 34 and verse 8 says this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. You see, my, I've, I've shared with you my testimony how before I came to know the Lord, I had no desire, no hunger to know Him, to walk with Him. Even though Larry Hamilton would, would witness to me at work and open up his Bible at our at our dinner time at work, I worked a late shift, and he would open up his Bible and try to try to scoot it over and say, Rick, what do you think about that? And he, I knew what he was trying to do, and I had no desire for it. It's like somebody offering me liver for dinner. I don't like liver. You may like liver with onions. I can't stand it. Uh, whatever that is for you, if somebody offered... My brother-in-law, Martin, marshmallows. I heard this afternoon. He, he doesn't like marshmallows. If you were to offer a marshmallow, he would say, uh, no, thank you. For some of you, maybe something else. For me, spiritually, at that time in my life, when I was 20, I didn't want any of that. I pushed it back. I said, no. So finally, he wouldn't stop, and I finally had to cuss him out and tell him, don't do that anymore. I don't want to hear it. And he stopped. But what I didn't know was he had planted a seed. He planted a seed in here. Because years later, I would always think about him. I would think, man, that, he had something. I wanted what he had. I didn't know what it was, though. And I hungered for that. And then my uncle comes knocking on my door, and I hear his testimony of how life 
was changed for him drastically. And I left behind my living for the weekend of just getting getting drunk or getting high or the next party. When was that going to be? That was the sole purpose of life. And that gets old. It gets old really quick. But I didn't know at that time God had a plan for me. He had a plan for my life just like he has a plan for you and you. We each have to have an encounter. <clears throat> and when I had my encounter with the Lord in March of 1984, when I was <clears> three <throat> years old, oh, I'm sorry that didn't come out very good, did it? But it was a few years ago when I met the Lord and I had an encounter that transformed my life forever. It would never, ever be the same again. I knew then what my Uncle Jimmy was talking about. I knew then what Mary Hamilton was talking about. I knew then what other people then at that time in the church that I was attending had received. I knew what they were talking about. And I wanted more of it. I said, I want what those guys want. There's, he's not here today, but I remember one time Gregory, before he was married to Gloria, years ago, when I one of the first times I met him, he wrote a note. And then I think he left it somewhere for me. But I got it and it says, I want what you have. And I love that. I have that in my garage. He doesn't know this. I have it uh, nailed up on my garage where I can see it. And um, I just thought, that's great. Because I know exactly what that felt like when I was young in the Lord. And that's just a reminder that we all need to pursue the Lord. We all need to have an experience, an encounter with the Lord. And if you haven't had an encounter with them, I would encourage you to take the time. Just get along with God. I, we have another friend, Debbie, and a real good friend. We've known her for years. She would go away by herself to this remote area up along Highway 1, and it's called the Lord's, uh, oh, Lord's Campground, or Lord's Land, the Lord's Land, that's what it was. <coughs> and it was a campground. And it was up above or somewhere up by Bodega Bay, up above that, way up there, up north somewhere. But it was a remote area, and she would go there just to pray for a weekend and just to be in solitude. And, and um, I always thought that was amazing. And she would have an encounter with the Lord at that place. I'm asking you today, when was the last time you took the time, not with your spouse, not with your family, just you, by yourself, that you had an encounter with the Lord. Because, see, your spouse isn't going to help you get that encounter. Your family isn't going to help you get that encounter. Only you alone can encounter the Lord. Amen? Amen. This woman found herself at the very feet of Jesus, worshiping him, because she didn't care what other people thought. She wanted an encounter. She came basically barging into the room. This was... Talk about the men's club only. Back in those days, women didn't intrude with the men. The men were here. The woman stayed out. The woman took care of their business. This woman just barged right in. She didn't care. She wanted to have an encounter with the Lord. How desperate are you? Are you desperate enough to have that encounter? She was. 
This woman found herself. It didn't matter that she had been a prostitute or living a sinful life. That's what the, the text is inferring, that she was a prostitute living a sinful life. It didn't matter. She came barging in. The Pharisee, the first thing that he thought was, well, who's this woman who has this bad reputation in our community coming into my house? You know, who is this woman? Why are you allowing this to happen, Jesus? And little did he know that Jesus was going to forgive her of her sins right there and then. If he could continue to read that text, which we didn't, he goes on to forgive her sins. Amen? God will forgive you when you have an encounter with him. Amen? God is so good. You see, when you truly encounter Jesus, your life will never be the same. Amen? How many can testify to that? Amen? Give him a, a clap offering for that. Come on, amen, amen. Our point, our second point, the point number two, hunger breaks through limitations. And I kind of touched on that. Let me read the scripture here first. Matthew 19 and verse 26. It says this, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And we have often used that scripture here in our church kind of been like a model here that with God all things are possible. Not some things, not just those things, not just a couple things, but all things are possible. Possible, right? Possible. Amen. Some of us today though may have come to church with our limitations. We may have brought things that hinder us from having an encounter with God. We brought the church the hurts the bitterness, the unforgiveness, things that people may have said this week. Maybe it was your spouse. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was your co-worker. Maybe it was the person that didn't call you. And you're hurting over that. You bring those limitations and God, that will prevent you from accessing the throne of God. Did you know that? That will keep you right here and prevent you from accessing this relationship. Amen. The enemy of your soul will, will use those limitations to keep you right where you're at. Wow. And I want to remind you of that. That's his task, is to keep you right where you're at. In your mind, you can't come in to the presence of God, is what you're thinking. You can't come in because of how you've been hurt. Or maybe, worse yet, how you hurt someone else. And you knew the words you said this afternoon or maybe this morning before you came to church. And as we're worshiping here, you're thinking, wow, what kind of a hypocrite am I going to be going up to that altar to begin to praise God? That's a limitation that you put on yourself. God is saying, throw that out the window. Yeah. You're not perfect. Yeah. I'm not perfect, amen? God didn't expect you to be perfect. Yeah. All he expected you to be is real. Be transparent. He knows you already messed up. He knows you already done wrong. <laughs> it, it's not a surprise to him. All he wants you to do is just say, uh, Lord, I need you. I can't do this without you. I hunger for you. I hunger for more of you. How many are willing to do that? Begin to do that today if you're not doing it already. But limitations, we all have them. Every one of us, including Pastor Rick, we have them. We use them as excuses to keep us from the presence of God, from entering into His throne room, from entering into the, into his, the Holy of Holies and, and experiencing His presence. 
Some of you, when we're worshiping, will never lift your hands or don't lift your hands. Those are limitations. Some of you don't feel comfortable lifting your hands. Some of you don't feel comfortable clapping. And all I'm trying to say is, don't limit yourself. God wants to encourage you. Yeah. God wants you to be a worshiper. See, all those things are biblical. Standing and raising your hands and praising God, clapping, yeah. shouting, um, rejoicing in the Lord, dancing on the Lord. Those are all biblical. Yeah. David danced before the Lord. I love that when people express themselves with glory to God. Amen? Yeah. But because some of you in your mind have limitations that, well, I can't do that. What's my neighbor going to think? What's that person going to say? Who's going to, you know, don't worry about that. You're not worshiping them. You're worshiping Him. Amen? Yeah. Worship Him. Don't limit yourself. Don't limit yourself. God wants you to go beyond yeah. those limitations. Thank you. Thank you. There's Limitations, I, I was reminded, maybe some of you here don't know this name, but Roger Bannister, I don't see, I, I just see this blank look on your faces. I was in track when I was a kid, and Roger Bannister was a famous track and field athlete. He was the first person in the world to run a mile under four minutes. A mile in four minutes. That's, that's fast, okay? But for years, prior to 1954, Nobody could run a, a sub four-minute mile. Nobody could run it under four minutes. They thought it was humanly impossible that that was stretching the bounds of a, the physical powers of a human being. So for years, nobody could do that. They tried, they trained, but nobody could do it. Until 1954, Roger Bannister did it in three minutes and 58 seconds. And for that reason, he, he opened the door. The limits were now off. And in that same year, three more guys did it. In that same year. But prior to that, nobody could ever do it. And sometimes, all it takes is for you to bust through that, that limitation that you have to begin to experience God's presence in a supernatural way for your life. Sometimes those limitations will hold you back. And God is here to remind you, move those limitations out of the way. I'm here to move them out of the way. All you got to do is continue to be obedient. Amen? Amen. Good when, when we hunger, in church, spiritually hunger, we break through the limitations when we truly hunger. Come to Him in your weakness, just as the woman did. Sit at His feet, just as the woman did. This week, if you have not done it during our fasting time, Get alone with God by yourself. Close the door. Close your prayer closet. And just begin to get into the presence of God. Put on your, your worship music. Whatever it is that helps you get into that place to find the Holy of Holies. Yeah. <coughs> and you'll begin to experience and, and have an, an encounter with the Lord. And then listen to His voice speak to you. We covered that last week. His voice will come to you as a sweet, small, still voice in your spirit. Yeah. And he still speaks to you. How many believe God still speaks yeah. to you today? Yeah. Amen? Yeah. He does. He wants to encourage you today. Amen? So let's break through all limitations. Come to Him in weakness. Worship Him. Amen? Amen. Which leads us to our final point. Point number three. Hunger affects more than just you. Our scripture verse found in Psalms 107, verse 9, says the following. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry, 
with good things. Ooh, I can't wait for next week. <laughs> when the fast is over, he's going to fill me with good things, yes. But here, going back to what we read about the text, the woman, just as the woman hungered, she, see, she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Can you imagine her life at this point? Everywhere she went, they would go, I know what she's up to. They were all talking about her. They knew her business. But this woman was sick and tired and got sick and tired of, getting, of being sick and tired and marched right into the room where Jesus was at and bowed down at his feet and said, I don't care what they say about me. I don't care what they said. I don't care what they're going to say. I just want to have an encounter with you, Jesus, yeah. at this moment. Amen? Amen? Wow. She then took an expensive, everybody say expensive, expensive. bottle of perfume and poured it upon the feet of Jesus. Oh my goodness. The Bible says that her tears, she washed his feet with her tears. Have you ever prayed where tears just seem to come and they just, they're not stopping? I think, I think all of us here, unless you're a robot, and I don't see any robots in here, have prayed where you, your tears just come and they just seemingly, they're thick drops of tears. They just, they don't stop. And, and this woman was, was crying just like that. Her tears were just coming out. And she began to wash Jesus' feet with her own tears. The Bible says she dried his feet with her hair. She must have had long hair, was able to dry his feet. And then she poured and anointed his feet with perfume, with this expensive bottle of the most expensive perfume we could buy at Macy's. She poured it all over his feet. And can you imagine how that room would have smelled? I'm talking about a bottle. I'm talking about a spray. You put a spray in my bathroom and, ooh, it, 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 I'm really really sensitive to smells, all right? And, and so I could only imagine what this room, what this house would have smelled like. Everybody, including the Pharisee who was judging her, was affected by it. He would have smelled like that perfume everywhere he went. And probably not just for that day, but probably for a few days afterwards. He would have carried that aroma of having been with the Lord Jesus, even though he was judging her. <coughs> so here, this, this, was a, this was a point right here where the woman was pouring out and, and just saying, Lord, forgive me. Now I anoint you. I anoint you with this fragrance. And the Lord received that. Not only that, but as I mentioned earlier, he went on to forgive her of her sin. He went on to forgive her of her sin. I just get overwhelmed with that, that scene right there of her pouring perfume upon him. And how that fragrance filled the room. The fragrance affected everybody in that room. Just as this fragrance affected everybody, our hunger should also affect those around us. Amen? If you want to clap and shout like I was saying here, then clap and shout. If you want to stand and, and raise your voice, then stand and raise your voice. If you want to come to the altar and kneel and pray, then come to the altar and kneel and pray. If you feel the Holy Spirit touching you and, and, and speaking to you to go pray for someone while we're in the middle of service, you get up, Pastor Rick gives you permission to go up and pray for that person. Amen. If you feel that the Holy Spirit is praising, is, is speaking to you, amen? amen. Now, that's, that could be you at, at, at not only at church, but at home. 
or driving home. You could be in the car today or on the way to work tomorrow praising God, talking to God, and I often have, look over and they're looking at me going like, what's that crazy man doing over there talking to himself? But nowadays with Bluetooth, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm talking to God. I got my hookup right here. I'm talking to God. They don't know that, amen? So I'm praising God, and I don't care what, that they're over there looking at me going, what's he doing? And I'm, you know, our, my commute every morning it can be sometimes stop and go. So I, I can stop, I can lift my hands, I can praise, I can rejoice, I can clap my hands. I'm in my car by myself, my truck by myself. And I'm having a great worship time. Amen? God wants us to hunger for more of Him. Thirst for more of Him. He is the fountain that never runs dry. He will satisfy your thirst. He will quench your thirst today. As we close this, this afternoon, I'd invite you back up, uh, worship team. How many are hungering for God to do great things in your family? Amen. How many are hungry for God to do great things in your family? Amen. Amen. Every day, right? Every day. That should be, if you have children, if you have grandchildren, if you have nephews, nieces, outlaws, in-laws, I mean, you should be praying for them. You should be wanting to have an encounter with God so that God would supernaturally touch them. That God would speak to people like, like me when I was 20 and I didn't want to hear it. You know somebody like that. Each of you know somebody like that. And, and, and pray that God would supernaturally touch that person. That they would receive what God's word is all about. That they would receive it. Or others that they would miraculously be healed of, of an addiction. Of a, of a sickness. God's not done. He's still in the miracle working business. Amen. Again, a greater hunger for God will open the door to the supernatural at work in your life today, tomorrow, next week. It, you know, we, we can read these, these wonderful stories in the book of Acts about healings and, and blind people being uh, eyes open, the deaf uh, now able to hear. That wasn't just for yesterday. It still exists today. It does. And I'm here to remind you, you as a believer have the ability to lay hands on people and eyes to be opened. Did you know that? It's not just Pastor Rick that has that ability to pray for someone. You as a believer have the same Spirit of God living in you that I have. Yeah. You can lay hands on people. You are a minister for Christ. We teach that here in this church. You are ministers. Everywhere you go, you can minister. You can minister to those around you. And I hear so many testimonies of each of your lives, how you minister to others.